0: When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I mean, out and one. Best Living. town in the world. Best Three. town in the world.
1: Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding 3 They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. brilliant. 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 Here comes quickly This
0: day. Episode ten of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast, brought to you by Milligram Coffee on Wine Street, Sligo. Amazing, we've made it ten weeks. Who would have thought it? We've got a packed show um, this evening for you. I said this evening, you could be listening to it at any time of the day. Um, we speak to former two former Sligo Rovers players this evening. Um, who both played together, Um, we have going man Alan Keane, who um, uh, joins us a little bit later on. And after Alan, we're joined by um, former club captain and Sligo man, Conor O'Grady. We are uh, recording again on Zoom this evening. And I suppose over both interviews, there's a little bit of uh, sound disturbance and a little bit of uh, breaking up along the way, but hopefully it won't uh, put you off too much. Um, so again, it's myself, Connor Lynch. Uh, we have Sean Dunn, and um, we have Magoo coming to us live from the Showgrounds as always. How are you lads? How's
2: nice, things, Connor?
0: Hi, boys. Um, we so like the the kind of the wind has been blown out of the balloon a little bit this week with um, our cup quarter final at home to Derry being moved from uh, Wednesday, sorry, moved from this Friday to. To Wednesday, Wednesday. yeah. Uh, that doesn't really add up, you know. They're going with the COVID. They are going with COVID, aren't they? That's the reason behind it, isn't it? Yeah, apparently. Uh, but you get. But despite that, we're going to play them anyway. Um, five days later.
3: <laughs> yeah, where's the two week quarantine in Paris?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't add up. We've kind of seen it before. Uh, I mean, we got all the ins and outs of it, but. We, it's a, this, is the, this is the second time this season that we've been affected we've been directly affected by a club pulling a COVID on it you know do we know do we know how many players are affected in Derry
3: no I saw the, the tweet came up earlier but then it was deleted then as quick as it as they came up but uh, it's, it's the story is, hasn't changed oh, it's still COVID case or a COVID outbreak as all I said didn't say how many or it's strange though because every if, time... it was play- if it was didn't didn't even mention if it was players or yeah. uh, how we how we know if it's, if it is actually players or if it's backroom staff or yeah. like, I'm sure I'm sure with the squad they have they'll still be able to play the game.
0: Well, where have you not seen when a club has been affected by COVID nineteen? When have you not seen the players or staff involved being named? And yeah. um, you know that seems to be really crystal clear every time, unless. Maybe your Waterford or Dundalk. or Derry. Sorry, and both both cases directly affected us.
3: Yeah, but like I said, I don't understand. Have a squad of how many? Like they they they've on a lot of players, and I don't understand why the FAI are are not just at this stage. Like we if we play if we beat them Wednesday, we then have to play again on Sunday. Is it?
0: I'm not sure. Is that right, Donor?
2: I'm not a hundred percent on that now either, but um. Well, I think it's next but, weekend, isn't
3: it? Saturday or Sunday, so...
2: it'd have it'd to be. be.
3: So, everyone else is going to play this weekend, and then we're going to have to play the winner ourselves, and, well, it's Derry. So, if we win, we have to play three or four days later, whatever it is. Like, I don't understand how they can't be just told to play the game if there's only two fellas missing or three fellas missing.
0: Yeah, And like, make an exception and bring players up from your under-19s or whatever it might be, but, but fill your yeah. squad, and play the game, like, you know, get, get lads in, you know? I I mean I know I I, I can I, I can just I know the situation. If it was us, if we had two or three players who brought the court, I have no doubt we'd be played a game, get it done. One
2: hundred
3: percent, hundred percent.
0: Derry come to town uh, on Wednesday. Um, they like we've we've been saying it for weeks now. They they're a bit of a basket case at the moment. They're up and down, and when they're, well, they're not, they're they're down. They're, they've been inconsistent, and they've been poor for most, most of the season. Um, Donner, are we confident that we'll be able to put them away? um when they roll into the showgrounds
2: i'd be expecting us to make our way into the semi-final definitely and um, i would have been a lot more confident had the game actually taken place when it was supposed to this gap in between i don't think is going to do us too many favors in terms of even players discussing contracts and stuff like that mine is the focus could be taken elsewhere you don't know I'm not saying that is going to happen but it's just it's a possibility and I would have liked the the game to wee, be a wee bit closer to that Dundalk game because of the high we came out of that game on I think that would have brought us in nicely to the to the cup game but things are settling down now an awful lot and I think there's going to be a bit of frustration creeping in now with another a uh, not postponement of the game but a rearrangement of the game
0: Magoo, what what are your thoughts on, on things? Um, would you be a little bit worried with the game being pushed out?
3: Um, no, not with the game being pushed out. I don't think it's. I don't think the circumstances will change really. It's just a different day. It would be the same page, unless, of course, they had injured players come back in. But I just, I think, I think our biggest, my biggest worry now would be that, uh, for a change, we're favourites going into the game. Which I think, I think Dari's best, I think Derry's best performances this year have been when they've been had to sit in on the back foot and can hit teams on the break. I think, I don't think they like when they're expected to have the ball and make things happen. But we'd be the ones in that position this time now. We'd be the favourites. We'd be expected to make things happen. And I think that'll suit them, obviously. And they, of course, now have the weight off their shoulders. That they didn't get, they were looking over their shoulders, I suppose, for the last couple of weeks of the season. If in Hart's coming and that, they've, that's gone now. Weight has been lifted, so he's just free to play. So yeah. it will be like Dolly, Like it's not even. It's not even about winning the cup now. It's just making sure that Derry don't. Yeah, Do you know what <laughs> I
2: mean. It is, it, it, yeah. it's blocking the path of others now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
3: that's it. Like you'd be hoping because like I I know. Uh, everyone's looking at, but I think with Shams, like I think the one game Shams wouldn't have wanted. Is away in Bali Buffet. I think if all, all the rest of the thing, like look at the weather outside and the way their pitch at, the, uh, at the minute, that'll be the one place Shams wouldn't want to go. Like, I don't think that's a, a gimme up there for Shams. I really don't.
0: Don't say that, McGrew. Well, I, I think they'll put them away handy enough. I think they'll just be, they'll
3: be. I don't think it'll be handy. I think they might have too much in the end for them. If, I'd,
0: say, I'd say fitness but, and just, just, well, not just fitness, but their, their tactical ability will on whatever surface they're playing on. I know, I think what you're saying, I would say that it could lead to a couple of goals, maybe, maybe a couple of goals for Finn Harps. They might nick a couple of things here, here and there, lucky bounces. But, uh, Shams will have too much for just,
3: I just think that it won't be, the surface is going to be brutal. So Shams won't be able to get the ball down and play their passing game. And you know what Harps going to be like. They're going to be in their faces. They're going to be on an absolute high now anyway, after uh, avoiding the playoff. They're going to be on the high. They're going to they'll have nothing to lose. You know what? They'll be in their faces. They'll be hounding them. They'll be harrying them. They'll, they won't give anything for 90 minutes. They'll, they'll leave everything out there. And I think, and especially depending on what the weather's like, like the way it is out there now to the minute. Like it's really, I think that'll be the one place Shams didn't want to go Well, and play the game.
0: Well, I, what I will say is that um, I got a Twitter alert from Met Aaron this evening to say that there's a, a yellow wind warning coming in uh, tomorrow. I don't think it lasts until Friday when um, Shams are due to play for the Harps. But um, you know, if it's blowing up there, you know, maybe anything could happen. But I suppose on a positive note, um, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Ed Bugidie finished um uh, unscathed uh, from the under-21 win against Luxembourg. Uh we'll have Buckley, uh, we'll have John Mahan uh in centre half in front of them. They looked like a really good pairing over the last couple of games. Um hopefully we have um hopefully we have um Banks in a right full. So the defence, you know, and Banks played quite well after the, or during the Dundalk game. So the defence is looking reasonably solid and there's a bit of consistency there.
2: Yeah, and I think if you be looking, probably Regan Donnelly will miss out with that groin injury picked up on the last day of the season against Dundalk. So probably Cooper sitting in it left full and for a home game as well, I think that'll even suit us a bit better with Cooper going forward as Magoo was alluding to earlier on that Derry will probably sit back and try and catch us on the break a bit. Um, so I think that'll actually suit us having Cooper there with uh, himself and Junior on the left flanks, so and it them plenty, plenty to think about. But I think yeah. I I wouldn't be too fearful of Derry anyway, in general. So I wouldn't. I think you know the, when they came down here, the last day when we bet them one nil with the late the free school, they were absolutely atrocious. They were terrible start to finish, and I have I even said it on the pod. Previewing that game, that I had seen them a couple of times before that, and they were no better in any other game I'd watched them. And you know, they've been poor all season, so I think it's a, it's a case if we can turn up and put in a performance, I, I think we brushed them aside easily.
0: I mean, Derry, I think what Derry, where Derry struggled is that they brought in a lot, an awful lot of foreigners, and they brought them in in two different batches, even before the current batch, before lockdown, yeah. they had a new team really. And then they changed half the team when they came back from lockdown. I know we brought in. We didn't bring in we didn't do anything like they did really but I think that's what's really affecting um the kind of togetherness of that team.
2: I think you're hundred percent right, Connor. The, the, they made wholesale changes in the space of a couple of months, twice. Like you know you know, you can't do that. A, a squad can't gel together like that. It's it's not possible. And I think there were there was massive things expected at Derry City this year and they and people are all about us underachieving, they're massively underachieved.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. There was more than us. Same pass is another one too. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, where were. There was more than us. There was a lot bigger or more obvious ones than us anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, well, I think, you know, well, thinking about the league that's just gone by, I'm just glad that it kind of finished when it finished, because I, I like the, the gap between Dundalk and the gap between uh, Finn Harps is nothing like, you know, in other two games and you could have had a different league all together. I'm just kind of glad that it's over now, that we are where we are. We can try and either yeah. prevent Derry winning the Cup uh, or, you know, go on a win. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of glad that it's, it's over.
2: <laughs> it was a stressful season all round. so it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, it definitely was. It was... You know, such mixed emotions—from huge enjoyment to really thinking that the team was getting into gear—to terrible, like Magoo, you were throwing your hat at it altogether at one stage. You were saying, <laughs> um, I, "I think we we're all kind of feeling that." Like so, um, despondent. Yeah, yeah. But you even—you
2: even go back to those uh, during lockdown and that, and the emotion that was around the club at that stage, where people were saying, "We're down. That's it. We're relegated. There is no way back for Slager Rovers." I'm talking about being in a first division next year and just having just locals playing for the team and, yeah. you
0: know,
2: the, the talk that was around the club it was yeah. the first. I mean,
3: maybe, maybe, maybe we'd be better off going down was I heard people saying Yeah we might be better yeah. off going down and starting again and. Yeah, what? that That's
4: says nonsense.
3: to me on numerous occasions
0: yeah. uh, I, hate, I hate that argument Like It's not like you're dropping into the championship to get a couple of 20 or 30 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> Yeah, going to the graveyard <laughs> Yeah yeah no listen I'm I'm just glad that it's it's over it's done and um, we are where we are and I'm I'm hugely confident that you know if we don't win it that like there's no way Derry or at loan are going to win in that cup there's just our, our Finn Harps is just there's just no way that's going to happen I'm very confident Listen we're we're pushing things on we've um, as I mentioned earlier on we have two guests on the show Alan Keen uh, and Connor O'Grady um, Connor is involved with um, Sligo Rovers under 15s. He's um, one of the coaches, and uh, their season obviously has been curtailed with COVID, um, but he gives us a really good insight into um, um, how things are running uh, in the academy. He talks about um, he talks really positively, lads, about um, players coming through and what his expectations are for um, the seasons to come, um, building on your John Mahans and your morahans But he, he he thinks that there's a lot of players coming through there, which is really positive, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's it's massive here, and uh, Connor talk about the youth system the way he is. the The beauty of it, as well, is the Connor's a realist. He, he's not talking shite. He's not uh, throwing out cliches left, right, and centre, and just telling people what they want to hear. Connor will always tell the truth. That's it's one of his best traits. and been involved there. It's even for young players coming through. He will tell them exactly what they need to be. He won't. He's not going to fill them with hot air. So he's not. He's he is, as yeah. I say, he's a realist, and you can tell by the interview that's exactly what comes across.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, um, we we gone to Connor um, after we speak to Alan Kane, and the first thing we asked Alan about um, was um, the fact that this year's the anniversary of our 2010 Cup win, 10-year anniversary of our 2010 Cup win in the Viva Stadium. So we asked him what his memories were of that day. Looking back,
1: first ever time playing in the Viva, the Viva new the Viva's opened. Um, I suppose the 36,000 there And beating Shams of course um, You know And supposedly getting over the line uh, Finally um, cons- You know Considering what happened the year before with, uh, Against and Fingal in Tala. So um, It was it an un- unbelievable occasion um, To see the crowd To win it I suppose for myself I was just delighted that we won it Because I missed the penalty You know So it was just more relief. And then I suppose the celebrations afterwards and, uh, was, 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 was something I'll always live in my memory.
0: Uh, you mentioned the 2009 final. Um, probably the worst day I had supporting the club was that they, I ended up in a, a minibus with my father and a rake of his friends and Monty Monahan, And it was a small little tiny um, minibus. And they, they counted the seats wrong and there was no seats yeah. for me. I, back back, I went up to Dublin and back to Sligo in the space between the back seats and the back of the boot and fucking drenched to the bone <laughs> the back of a loss, but did that did, Brilliant. Did, did that performance set the team up, did that benefit the team in the end, the horrific day that we had in Canada.
1: Oh, 100% you, um, Jesus uh, when that game ended uh, for myself personally, I was um, I was just so upset because I felt at fault, you know, a bit of a short header back and then Gary O'Neill got across me from the, when the ball came in the box I just wanted to curl up into a ball and the whole swallow me, but um, I couldn't wait for pre-season to start, you know, uh, and I think majority of the players that Cookie kept, uh, a few went th- at the end of that year, we were hurting at the start of that pre-season, and I think that really, really drove us on because we got so close, and we felt how close we were to, to achieving something, but I definitely think, um the, the sayings always go, you have to lose some to win some, and that definitely, 100%, that really drove us on and then when we played Shavans in the final it was a weird feeling we kind of said we're not going to lose this we weren't overconfident but we were confident and I remember myself Danny Venturi Piers in the dressing room afterwards said just never felt like we were going to lose that game and um, I suppose the rest is history
0: or Did you speak about the, the the loss in Tala in the 2009 Cup final was that regularly spoken about um, in the year that followed? Um,
1: it wasn't really regular he spoke about because it was the players knew themselves. Look, we'd all slag each other, you know, throughout the year, I get a bit tracky, get a bit. And, um, and that like, you know, we, we Cookie was assembling a squad that he really wanted, you know, and he was, he was bringing in players that suited. Uh, he's, he's um, not only suited his style, but they had to fit into the community. And I think he he just didn't want to go and get players that didn't fit him. Um, he didn't care how good they were, but they had to they had to match everything. They had to be they couldn't co- come into the dressing room and cause a disruption. And, and that he knew the type of player he was after. And he was slowly assembling the squad. And I think he kept a majority of that two thousand and nineteen. We didn't have a good season two thousand nine. We uh, were flirting with relegation to be honest. And um, Cookie only held on to his job by we bet we got beaten by Derry four 0 at home in the league league game on a Tuesday night and we went then and beat Derry in the Cup on the Saturday 1-0 and he was going to walk, he into the dressing on the Wednesdays and the chairman at the time I think was, might have been Dermot Kelly or, or I'm not sure who it was but they begged him to stay and he stayed and he could see the potential and um, I suppose that 2010 then he added some quality players as well
0: um, the, la- the last thing I'm, one, I'm sure I want to ask both the questions as well, but the last thing I want to ask you just in relation to that period is even going into extra time in, ta- in um, the Aviva, um, did you did you have confidence in, like, did, did you expect Kieran to do what he did? Well,
1: we, we've, I suppose because, probably because of training with Tracky uh, and we used to mess around taking penalties and I was really the penalty taker so he used to frustrate me because he, he, he'd uh, you're going to go this side. No, I'm going to go the opposite side. And he he saved loads in training, you know, and you're just always confident. You're even if you ask any of the players to this day, he was excellent. like he was so so good. And I think he saved one or two throughout that season as well. He got a few games in because of uh, brushy getting injured, and um, he he was just he was he was very good from the from the twelve yards, you know.
2: Keno, you're just going back there on what you were saying about Cookie assembling the squad. And from the outside looking in there, you could really see that you there was a real uh, unity within that team. You all seemed to get on. You were like best of mates going around the town. You see your nights out having the crack and everything else. And it seems to have continued that way. You still see on it's passing by on Instagram or Twitter or anything, you yeah. know, with each other talking. You know, there, there must have been a real a real harmony amongst that squad.
1: Yeah, there was a real there, – there a, um, a lot of lads, we were – I was I was twenty four when I signed for Rovers, like um you had Piersy, who was younger than me, Ventry was younger than me. We all left our say we, we met Sligo our home like for years. And um, you know, any of the lads that come in, newer lads, you take them under your wing and you you know, you you bring them, we'd go for coffees after training, um, just to get away from constantly being in the football environment. And we used to have the crack, as you said, nights out, you look after each other. Um, but then when Monday morning came it's like if one of the lads aren't pulling the pulling their weight, you're, you're, you're told and training, you know, because it was, everyone wanted this goal and everyone wanted to go and, and win stuff. And we knew we had the squad and if, if one of the players weren't pulling the weight, well, we weren't going to wait for them. And um, it was either buy into it or don't, you know, so, um, and, and a lot a lot of the stuff that was said that when we came to the club is, you know, buy into the community. It's a mad football town. And, I was lucky enough I was only I was from Galway so I, I was down in Sligo a couple of times um, previous and I knew how mad of the football town it was and you go from the elderly ladies and men to young kids to the you know um, I was going to call you young there, Sean. Like, but uh, <laughs> an old <laughs> fella like yourself. Uh, everyone, you know, I, I got stopped in Super Value one day in in, in to this lady, and she's gone around with a walking stick, and she was like, "Oh, brilliant game and everything." She knew everything. I was just, this is unreal. Like, I was only a couple of weeks here. Like, you know, so, um, and and it's just you, you can see the passionate with the fans. You, you can just look at it. all you have to do is look at all the fundraising that's happening and all the stuff that's done. It's it's just it's phenomenal. Like.
2: From that cup win in 2010, was it from there on in? You says you were
1: definitely going winning that league title. Was that the aim straight after that? Well, aim, I suppose. 2010, the league cup set us up. Really, we, 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 it's hard to describe. You get that one, you get that feeling for, I suppose, success. Um, we got that feeling. We would beat Monaghan, but we didn't. We said, let's kick on now, and then we got the cup. And then 2011, we were like, right, we finished third in the league the year before in 2010 let's see can we try and win the league and um, let's go and try and win the cup again let's try and win everything but unfortunately 2011 we fell short and finished second and then 2010 or 2011 we won the cup again so um it kept giving us and i said that he built that squad um every year and the target was winning that league.
0: what led to you arriving in flagel
1: um and I, it was a voicemail left in my phone. And it was like, Paul Cook, like, scouts. And he was like, I said, this is one of the lads taking the piss back home. Like, <laughs> um, so I came along and I text Raph. And I just said to Raph, I said, she's like, he been on. And obviously, the time difference was, was, was mad in Australia. So I remember having a few drinks anyway. I built up the courage to ring him back. And it was like, uh, what's the story? And he was like, oh, I want to sign you. And i seen you playing against Derry. And I've seen you playing a couple of times. And, and I think you really suit our team. And I was like, <clears throat> I remember looking at Aircom League Weekly, and it was the time I just to love watching Paul Cook, like, and his interviews afterwards. I said, I want to play for him, and he seems mad, like. And uh, it just came along then, and I suppose we kind of went back and forth, and I got, we got a deal sorted. And uh, I remember being on a kind of a call with himself, Mary McGowan, and, and uh, Michael Toolan at the time. And I said, Make me an offer, and I'll come home. And then Paul Cook left. Um, with that two week period or it was a two week period but he was still in contact with me He still in them two weeks he said don't go don't go sign anymore. because Galway was wanting me to sign back but I was happy enough to stay in Australia and then uh, he just kept he said don't sign don't sign don't sign he says or don't sign for anyone else he says I'll be back I'll be back I just need to push this through he says I don't want to I'm not finished yet and then eventually he came back and was reading in the papers and then he rang me and I literally flew home on February the fourteenth. It was two thousand
2: and nine. Yeah. Okay. know, when you first signed with us, I'm in saying you, at the start of the season, you played a lot of your football at centre half for us.
1: I would have started off my, I suppose, career at Galway at centre half. Um, then I was left full for a bit, and then moved back into centre half. So I, I, I only played about a half season at Galway right back.
4: All right.
1: But then I came here two thousand nine. Um. Played alongside Piersy. We had Baco. Uh, so I played nearly the whole season centre-half. But Cookie always said to me, he sees me as a as a right-back. He said, I'm signing you to replace Jamie Coleman. And I was like, oh, Jesus, talk about putting pressure on you. But he played me the odd game right-back. And I think it was morrow was, was injured, got injured, or went to, I don't know, whatever happened. And I, me and Piersy ended up playing there. And then... Um, yeah I suppose then 2010 he kind of pushed me out to the right back position.
0: Can I ask you a question on a completely different topic but it goes through my head every now and again when you pop into my head Alan. If you're ever walking around Dublin or other parts of the country uh, does does anybody ever recognize you particularly Shamrock Rovers fans and give you any stick?
1: Yeah I've got it once or twice yeah I've got it once or twice in Dublin right Um, but to be honest with you like I look at there's sound when you meet them. And I, I make no bones about it. I don't like Shams fans. You know, it goes back from my time at Galway. I broke my fib and tib in a tackle in Galway against Shams. And it was actually Vinnie Pert uh, that, that he was playing that time. And it was just, I was a bit, I suppose, young. And I, I left, uh, Raf was playing at Galway at the time. He left the ball short. And I went in, for a 70-30 tackle. I was uh, shouting stuff at me and I still remembered it. So I didn't get a chance until I came to Sligo. Um, and it was the clash of the Rovers. and one of, I remember one of the balls bounced in front of their fans, and I just volleyed it into this into <laughs> their uh, their way, and uh, yeah, it all went off from there then.
0: Well, okay, well it's good to know that it's it's uh, friendly banter when you when it comes up in conversation now. But um, I think like I think that that sense of rivalry re, between yourself and the Shams fans really kind of added to the. Those, you know, those kind of magic nights in the showgrounds that really kind of added to the atmosphere that made it it um, it made it memorable. Um, we'll have a quick look ahead to the season. that or We'll just have a quick look back, I suppose, at the season just gone by. What are your kind of takeaways or, you know, what's your assessment? Yeah,
1: well, obviously, you look at the league table now, it's a successful season. Um, I, for one, would have been, I suppose, it was the Shamrock Rovers game that really... Uh, after they came back after the pandemic uh, I suppose the pandemic hit at a good time for Rovers um, because it didn't look good but after they came back I thought they they hit the ground running and they were superb and then it was the game on TV against Shamrock Rovers I was really annoyed with it because it was like they were beaten before they even went on the pitch and they showed no fight yeah granted Shamrock Rovers were first superior but Put up a bit of fight and show what you've shown in the last couple of weeks. Because I always knew it was that there's a massive chance of getting Europe. And this year was the best chance they've ever had. And um, I think then they, they lost a couple of silly games. Uh, chances to go pull away from, in third and stuff like that. Um, but then again, you had your squad. The squad was like, Wasn't expecting. But I always say the restart happened. So forget about what happened before the restart everyone's saying oh we should be we're happy enough to avoid relegation. but no i wouldn't be ha- i wouldn't be happy with that you've come back you've put yourself in a position by winning four games on the trot after the break now go and carry on that but look you look at the way the season's finished they finished it strong uh very very successful like considering where they've come from the bottom of the table and hopefully either win the cup if not uh Bows or, or shamrock rovers win the cup the only issue or, or or Dundalk, the only issue is you don't want Finn Harris at Derry winning it. But um successful season, hopefully get Europe because it's a it's a massive boost for the club financially, um, which which will help along the ways of getting new players in. And I think the I suppose with this season squad I possibly see and it's gonna be hard with, with, with the pandemic, but five or six players probably need to go, and you just need uh players. I suppose of, of, of a of a quali- more of a quality, you know. Speaking of no, Europe, you do
3: you feel do you feel the teams that you were involved in in the past that we underachieved in Europe?
1: Hundred percent. I feel I feel if we kept the league went inside on from two thousand and twelve and gave us a chance to play in Europe, uh, that Champions League, I think we could have could have done well because we had a series squad. Um we definitely uh, two thousand eleven was it was it 2011, 2012 we got uh Poltava? Two thousand mm. I was one of them. Um they were very, very good Poltava, I think it was. Yeah, they um, were excellent. Um, yeah, they were excellent. So um it was just it was just I definitely hundred percent think we underachieved. We there was games there, like you go back to the Blasny game, two thousand nine, we hadn't a great squad, but they were there for the taking. and I think the pressure was always it became just win a game in Europe. And now you look at the Irish sides in Europe, it's like, hang on a minute, we can qualify. Like
2: That was maybe in the back of your minds, Keno, as players as well, that it was just kind of nearly a token gesture to be in Europe and just go out and enjoy it and not actually, your minds weren't actually thinking about maybe making the group stages.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was just like, oh, lovely, we get a trip, we're a trip away. Uh, we're going to ah, we're going to lose anyway. They, they think they've been speaking already, so we'll see what they're made of like. And then the, you kind of go, Jesus, these these sides aren't as great as what you make out to be like, you know, because they are good technically that, but they're not used to, wouldn't be used to, and we threw that game away, and that still frustrates me to this day. Like, to go 1-0 yeah. up back home, give away a sloppy goal, um, sloppy goal, could have come back with a 2-0 win, that would have been massive, uh, and scored early. It's frustrating. That would be only my regret with Rovers, is that we didn't have more success in Europe. Yeah, because I think, I
3: think the team did. The teams that you were involved in don't get the credits, um, from anyone outside of the, the club or the town, uh, that's involved in the League of Ireland that you should have because there were some serious teams there. But they don't seem anytime they're talking about the great teams of the the last few years, they always gloss over our team. It's always yeah. the dog team that got qualified, or the sham team to qualified. Yeah. Or
0: okay, you can tell me if this is a ridiculous question. So, how would we comp- how would that team, the 2012 team, compare against? Um, Dundalk and their pomp are this current Shamrock Rovers side? Our
1: 2012 side compared to the Dundalk 2016 side that I played in they're not they weren't far off I feel that's probably why the likes of Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers are getting recognition is because Dundalk have backed it up two, three years on the trot and instead when we won the league I think we were oh we've won the league now we've won the cup that's you know let's look at Cutting the budget a little bit, and 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 uh, we just keep it nice and steady. Sure, so we've done all we can instead of kicking on, and I feel that was a missed opportunity, because you look at the likes of Shamrock Rovers now, for instance, they won the league this year. They're going to be twice as strong again next year.
3: Just speaking of next year, and it's probably not what your Dundalk hat on. What what do you make of what's going on up there now at the minute, which probably not be relevant to us next year.
1: I, I, I think they've been lucky this year, if you're being honest with you, because if Waterford had gone and beaten Finn Harps. You're talking they they mightn't have got Europe. and um, the only way they could have got Europe is by, by winning the cup and providing someone that you know if they're lucky.
2: There must be something very very wrong up there, Kino. When you look at after the restart, if you went on the results after the restart, they're third from bottom. Yeah. That, that's disgraceful for a team of their
4: experience
2: yeah. and stature and
1: Yeah, I look look at they don't get me wrong the quality players. I kind of seen it, uh, an article that Brian Garland had there recently. And I think you don't need to read between the lines that he was having a pop of Vinny Pert, you know. So um he he just goes, I suppose after the game, one of the games he said that um people that I've known a long, long time that 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 knew me told me that my legs were gone and here I am playing in the Europa League. So and he wasn't getting in under Vinny Pert. So I wonder was, you know, something like that. But look, as you said there. Something's not right. Um, A lot of players are out of contract at the end of the year. Do I see big changes at Dundalk? Possibly, yeah. I'd say there could be big changes.
0: We're being linked. Rumours that um, Dan Cleary has been linked with Rovers. Um, Is somebody like him, is he the sort of player you'd take in if you had an opportunity to sign him?
1: Absolutely. I've I've, I've done games on Ocean and I've, I've said it from the first time I've seen him, he's quality, but I can't see him. I can't, that's my honest opinion. I can't see them coming down here. These players, they'll pop to Bowes, pop to Shams, Dundalk, um, Bowes, and you, you look at the likes of Drahada up there, and they're all that side. They get players, and it's just so hard to get them down here. Look. And I, I look, <coughs> it, we're going to be linked with every certain player, but money talks at the end of the day for players over there. For them to move to Dublin, from Dublin down here, they'll want. X amount and it's it's going to be difficult and it's going to be tough for Liam and, and, and John to, to, to trying to get players and get them back down here
0: OK last question um, how will we get on against Derry in the Cup um, not this Friday but next Wednesday now
1: yeah that's another thing that's a bit of a farce, is isn't it like if players tested positive yesterday or Sunday or whenever it was how are they eligible to play on Wednesday if the game is on Friday five days later I don't I don't I don't know what's going on whether they have a couple of injuries in the squad but look at they obviously can back it up but um, home game should should win. If, look, at, the pressure is off. They've got fourth. It's a cu- cup quarter-final. Shouldn't need much um, at all um, motivation. Um, semi-final, way to Shams. No one, if they get there, no one will give them a prayer. Why not go? You know, and uh, I still, I fancy them to beat Derry two right now.
0: Okay, um, some good memories there from um, Alan Keane. Um, he was, um, like he was such a big, he was such a, I mean, it was loads of big players, but Keno really stood out, to not over in that team? I suppose he was there for he was probably there for longer than most other players involved in the squad, wasn't
2: he? Yeah, he's definitely one of the longest serving players of that era there. Keno's one of those lads as well, who's just hes nearly become a, a local. You know, he's I don't think there's anyone in the town that doesn't know Keno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he hasn't. He's become ingrained in it now. But uh, he gave everything for the jersey as well. Yeah. I think that's what endeared him to the fans. And then his hatred towards Shams fans just made him a favorite of mine anyway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, he was, um, as we said in the interview, he really added to those games, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: It just um, was that little bit of spice that was needed at times,
0: you know? Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of sitting beside his father for the guts of a decade in the show going for the home games. Uh, just by chance, we always ended up sitting together. And His um, father didn't hold back. Even when Alan, you know, put a ball astray, he didn't hold back, you know? Oh,
2: well, by all accounts, an animated man as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, good crack. And um, I missed, yeah. But what a team that was. Um, so okay well, that was Alan and we'll push things on again we'll keep moving um, up next we've uh, Conor Grady and again Connor was involved in um, uh, the team that Alan was involved in um, and he um, we we started speaking to him by asking what was his recollections of that day 10 years ago ah,
4: great day uh, up early I remember I was up very early <laughs> I was room with Mark McGoldrick and uh, up very early went for a walk around Dublin probably at about 7 in the morning I was actually looking for a church and uh, yeah, I could find one and uh, just strolling around not, couldn't really sleep couldn't sit great build-up, really enjoyed the, 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 I always say this the what's in was you know, the police escort, what's in seeing all the people you knew I actually see my mother and father on the way through ground, which is unbelievable and uh, yeah, just brilliant occasion because it was the first final um, obviously devastated not to be playing but at the time, then at the stage of the game, I, I knew I had to just get behind the lads, and you know, you never knew what was going to happen. So obviously, I was club captain, so I had to show leadership and all that stuff as well. But yeah, just special occasion. The whole thing was brilliant. Um, great teams, great managers. Uh, thankfully, it went our way. And, you know, that was something you remember forever. And first final there, and obviously, me missing a penalty wasn't ideal. But um, just as long as we won it was great obviously Kieran was brilliant on the brilliant in the penalty too that
0: so was there did you have an anticipation that um, the game was there to be won we spoke to Alan Keane um, about the game and he said that there was just a feeling yeah, that he had a feeling that it was going to be Rovers Day it was going to be Slag Rovers Day that day yeah to be
4: honest under Cookie I felt we could beat anyone on our day I felt we could beat anyone under Cookie I never won. like when I think back to uh, Years before that, or prior to 2005, I suppose, back to 97, 98, 99, you'd probably be going to Shelburne. Or I'm just saying, Shelburne might have been the team at the time, or whoever the team, we're going to Dublin, and we're probably going to get bet. You know, nine times out of ten, we're probably going to get bet. I never even felt I never felt that, even with our, our poorest side, even the years we weren't as good, I always felt that we had, we had a chance because of the way we played. And so fit. people never give, I don't think he ever gets the credit for how fit he had the teams. And then, um, yeah, I just felt we could beat anyone. Yeah, you, you just had a good feeling, you were hoping, but genuinely felt we could beat anyone on, on, on the day because we um we just had, we had a lot of we had so many players, really good players. Obviously Richie and, and Lincoln listen was huge for us, but again, we had a lot of players to come in and do the job. We'd very we had very strong, probably twelve or thirteen, I'd say, without being disrespectful to the lads. Um but yeah, our our strongest eleven was excellent.
0: It's interesting that you talk about the fitness of the team because I think a lot of people probably have the opinion that it was kind of quite a happy-go-lucky setup and that maybe there was just there was a lot of talented players there that got you through but maybe that wasn't necessarily the case.
4: No, we trained hard. We trained hard. We, we played hard. We trained hard. We partied hard. That would be the way I'd probably describe that group. Not everyone in it but um, you know it was uh, yeah, we did everything together. We had a good old bond Um unbelievably Believably talented players like Doyle and Doe, you know, you no, know, will we ever see someone like him in the showrooms again? Um, you know, R- Richie obviously, believe the player Don Russell, you know Doyle, a great professional, probably one of the best professionals I ever played with or shared a dressing room. But we had a lot of great lads in the dressing room players. Jim Lockland, unsung hero, never gets the credit he deserves from me because he was. just... Great lad, a really good pro. Come and play like nearly two hundred games in the Scottish Premiership. And the Scottish Premiership was decent, not like it is now. And then, um, yeah, just, yeah, we just were. We really, really trained hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You trained hard, and you, you and people were fighting for places, Connor, all the time. People were really fighting, digging in for places. You wanted to be in the team. And you wanted to play for his team more than anything on a Saturday or a Sunday or Friday or wherever it was. And, yeah, he had us really. On the money that way, but he always gave us a little bit of
2: rope to enjoy ourselves, and he enjoyed himself as well with us. Conor, you get the impression from looking back on the games that it was a squad full of leaders, and that's, I don't think even through trainings or that if anyone's standard dropped, they they probably heard about it, did they? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Probably a lot of stuff I couldn't probably say on this. Uh, well, I could really, but yeah, well, fellas, fellas, will come to blows and training regularly. That'd be that'd be. right. I don't think it happens now. You know, i seen fellas going. i seen Jerry Carr fighting my players and, 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 you know, it was accepted. That was the way it was. I remember one time we were playing Rada and um we were going well at the time and we went up with probably not as strong a team but we, we had them really good game. Rada scored the last kick of the game. he was American and uh, Rada's dressing room was were smaller than galways was. They're tiny. You couldn't play a captain. I came in and I've gone but dark gone like berserk Piersy right I know I said who's man is it? my my fucking man and he look, Piersy whipped off the top I'm thinking he's going to kill me I, <laughs> I obviously can't back down now because I'm giving him thankfully if two or three lads got in between it Piersy would've killed me <laughs> but yeah we we, but there was it was not personal it was because we wanted to win like plenty of other stories where lads were we squared up to each other and because you wanted to win, and we, as you probably said, when we didn't uh, accept, you know, as not putting it in or whinging or not doing the right thing or, you know, whatever it may be. Like if you you didn't do your job, all about it, rightly or wrongly. Probably the way we did it mightn't have been right all the time. Great leaders, Venturi was a great leader.
0: Um, if we bring it forward a little bit, um, one of the things that we've said in the podcast over the the ten weeks now that we've been doing it is. Um, you know, there's some talent in the current squad, but it probably is missing those leaders that you that you had in the past, whether it was yourself or or any of those names that you mentioned. Is that something that's that you think the, the current squad is missing, that kind of sense of experience or lads that are gonna go in and get, get stuck in and, you know, go through a fella if needs be? I think it's
4: gone out of the game though, Connor. I just don't think it's, it's
0: there as much like if
4: like I've been at a few of the games in lockdown and you wouldn't hear a peep out of either side on the team. Like um be nothing like there might be a bit of a good. You know, if you give away the ball back in my day, you'd have, you know, you'd have Brujos maybe roaring at you or, you know, Kipper Lynch roaring at you or whoever, like, you didn't give away the You know, probably not the best thing either, but that was the way it was. Like, when we won the first division in 2005, Liam Burns never shot for 90 minutes. He'd be in your ear roaring the whole time. He'd be in your ear telling you good things. He'd be telling you bad things. And that was the way it was. I just think it's probably, more so gone out of the game. I suppose probably if you look at the current team, probably Kyle was probably someone for me who looked like probably a leader in terms of he probably talked more. He had the leadership qualities of a captain and all that.
2: Connor, as a sentiment fielder yourself, how have you found Niall morhen's development as he's playing up through the Irish underage as well as the same way you did? How have you?
4: I haven't been surprised to be honest, Dunner. I've watched a good bit of him over the years. Um, he was someone I was... Lawden, a couple of years back i seen him playing the under 17s and 16 and Like I knew he was going to be a good player I, did I I know what he was going to do probably not but yeah he had all the potential to be a great player super lad great attitude you know he, for me he's probably for me he's probably been my player of the year this year to be honest over the course of the season for the games I've seen and you know, he's played in there like a season pro um, but as I said super lad did really you know did did very well to get into that Irish squad and got a couple of games and he can grow from here. To be honest, I think he can just get better and better and I think he's got a good partner in there and David, you know, good lad, good player. You know, give him probably you know be able to give him advice and, and tell him what to do or what not to do and I think it's been a been a decent partnership and I think they will grow. I think we've a decent spine there. No dunner when you look at McGinty, Mann, Warren, uh, Cawley, you know you've a you've a strong spine if you can get players in and around it, we could have
2: you could have a very good eleven. And from then, Connor, going back to your own role at the moment with the academy.
4: You know, it's something that I've always been saying as a local that we've always had the talent here, and um, you know, very much re- a regionalised club. And I think the fact that um got all these players coming through, and you know, hopefully the day we we'll see it doing the day that'll come in at under thirteen and they go right the way up that first thing, that that'll be brilliant.
2: Well, I was just going to say that when you're mentioning it, it's been a, more of a regional side now, just for your own, for your own size that you're coaching at the moment, when you're recruiting players, is there much of a um, scouting involved as such? Are you going to look at these lads playing for their local teams or their, their county sides as such, like the Sligo-Laterms such, you know, are you, they being recommended to you by other coaches around the area?
4: Well we know all the players really to be honest on through the you have the regional centre in Castlebar, you'd know all the players from that. You go to a lot of school games, you know, we'd have and I have contacts, you know, Fergal O'Hara Harris is teaching him Ma, so he'd be able to let you know about players. But to be honest, Dunner, you'd know them all really from the Kennedy Cup, a lot of that male team that we would have this year that got to that. But you'd know them prior to that, you'd be at under thirteen games as well. and um, very rarely you would know guys that were that were coming through from all the areas.
0: Just so um People, um, I suppose, have a full understanding that you're currently looking after the Sligo Rovers Under Fifteens, isn't that right? That's
4: right, Conor, yeah.
0: with Marcel Gordon and uh, Paul Masterson. Um, Twenty, yeah. So, if you are trying to, if you are talking to a player or the family of a player who might be in uh, Mayo or North Galway or, um, you know, let's say Major North Donegal, for argument's sake. Um, is it, is it a difficult sell to get them down to Sligo? Or, you know, when they're kind of, when they might be in, um, when they might have other regional clubs where they could play League of Ireland football, whether it's, um, you know, for the Mayo League or, or whatever it might be? Yeah, I think the
4: best players in Mayo, without being disrespectful to um, Mayo League, want to come to Sligo Rovers nine times out of ten. Um, yeah, we've had players from Donegal Town previously. The big commitment is that it's a travelling for the, for the parents. That's the big That's to be willing to do that. Which 19 out of 10 year never really a hard sell to be honest, Connor. It's um the players want to come, most of them would have been um you know playing with the regional side and to see, and to see it as the next step. Um, so I i don't I don't it hasn't been a problem for us so far. And I, I, I don't envisage it envisage it being a problem, but you never know. But I think the big thing is getting the commitment from the parents to travel and
3: Connor. I've seen um a lot of underage over the last few years. And that, I think that squad that you have, the 15s now at the minute, is probably the best. It's definitely the best underage t- uh, team I've seen here, or squad, sorry, in the five or six years. Do you think, without naming names now, there's a couple on us? Because I think your, your side especially is packed. There's two or three, every position. Mm. Um, do you think, without naming names, there's a couple that definitely see first team or beyond in, in the coming years?
4: If we don't have and I, I'm going to include the 17s in this, group because I think the 17s are very talented. If we don't have maybe yeah. one of seven or eight making the first team from that at least, you know, and you definitely have a group who go to England, Ireland, wherever, definitely. There is no doubt, but it's all about luck and, you know, it's so many different aspects to it. But we've, you know, we've, as you said, we've a very talented group and the 17s yeah. are a very talented group.
2: Carry, you see the way the game is going now in terms of like strength and conditioning with senior sides and that, and how's that um leveling down to youth teams and you see diet plans and everything, and is that is that filtering down into the younger squads?
4: Absolutely. We were in Summerhill College for the six or seven weeks with Ross Crystal. Gary O'Hare, and um, we were there once a week. The lads were on program. It's all oh. pretty, obviously all body weight for the for that age, but you know. The lads love it now. They just it's the way it's gone. thunder. It, it's everything. is It's almost more professional than we were younger. And kids buy into it. You know, ninety nine percent of them buy into. It. Kids are very vain now as well. They're a lot more vain than we were. And they're they're into themselves. They want to be in shape. They want to look good. And um, yeah, no, it's something that's it's hugely important. Um, as long as it's not, as long as it's done in the, with the right. You know, I'm not a Trenton national coach, so I wouldn't be trained to oversee it, but once it's done with the right people and it's done and it's all body weight at that age and
0: what's your assessment of the season that's gone by, Connor? Would you be reasonably happy with the, the fourth place finish?
4: Absolutely. If we qualify for Europe every year, I'd be happy every year. You know, I think that's where we, we need to be every year to football. and I know it's not definite yet, but after the year if we were all cold, we're gonna be we're gonna be fourth with a chance of being in Europe point behind Dundalk. We all would have laughed probably, you know, so, uh but I think that's where we have to be every year, we have to, we have to look to be in Europe every year and I've always said it, winning trophies is great, brilliant, but well, we could be third or fourth every year and be qualifying for Europe, I think there's probably going to have to be a, a bit of a rebuild now with Laz leaving and stuff like that, but, no. right,
2: what did you make then uh, of the comments from the likes of Stewie burning that after the, after the race none of his business really, is it?
4: The club did what was right for the club, that's the most important. Hope club did it right for the club and uh, you know whether he agrees with it or not the players did run through the walls in the end you know and that's the end of it you know Shell players didn't but that's true Miguel, but they didn't and when I say it's none of his business he's probably been asked to comment on it so it probably was his business at the time but no I, I think the club the club were on right I was furloughed for 10 weeks you know what I mean? So many people were fired up for, for, for what we're expected to do.
2: Yeah, maybe
4: well, we're 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 a completely different club to Shamrock Grover. We're a community club, community fa- fan-based club. You know, it's just, I, I think we we're the right thing because it was the right thing for the club. And, you know, we choose. Comments come back to hunt them. Um, what are your What are your expectations uh, when we face Derry? I suppose the one thing with Rovers this year I felt is you you'd never you never knew really what to expect. You're going down to a game, you'd be expecting like going down to Cork there that weekend after a great few results, and you're expecting going and to get turned over and go down to Waterford get turned over, up to Shells and get turned over, and then beat on It won't be an easy game. Um, bit of a strange one, of being called off again, to be honest. Um, called off Friday, but it's going to be played on Wednesday. Is a bit of a I think I think we've got a great chance. I think the hard thing for them now you've got three weeks without a game. Try to keep that match sharpness, match fitness, and you know it's that that is tough. Like, and uh, I never enjoy going to training when you knew there was no game at the end of the week. It wasn't the same feel, you know. You train, but it nearly it wasn't. It, you didn't have the same buzz around you know. Whether you're going to train on the Monday, Tuesday, and off maybe Wednesday, train towards to Friday, and then you've nothing at the weekend. It's back into the same thing again, and you know that would have been a blow to the lads today to hear the game was moved. Even though it's only a couple of days. But.
0: Okay, Connor. Listen, we've um, we've taken up uh, loads of your time this evening, and uh, we have kept you away from the Republic of Ireland games, so we've done you a favour there. Um, <laughs> so, um, listen. Thanks for your time. No apologize. Um, um, best of luck with the under-15s. Uh, for well, are you, are, you, are you done? E.
4: We're due to be back on the fifth of December. Uh, we're we are in a group now with at Galway, Athlone, and Pat's, St. Pat's. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to be finished on the 20th of December. It's literally going to be paid off in two weeks. Uh, if 20th of December, the final. If we get to it, there's no definite confirmation on that. So, um, hopefully, it'll be paid. I think it's important for the last get a bit of finality from the season. But.
0: That was Conor O'Grady there um, speaking to us about his uh, memories of being involved with um, one of the greatest teams that ever played in the showgrounds and also his involvement uh, with the successful under-15 teams at at the moment. Um, Thanks to Conor for his time. This is episode 10 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you by Milligram Coffee on Wine Street in Sligo. Lads, before we finish up, um, the manager, Liam Buckley, spoke to um, the national and local media uh, recently ahead of the a cup quarter final with Derry City, but he spoke about um, the significance of managing Rovers in comparison, I suppose, to um, having managed teams in Dublin in around uh, cup games, and he kind of recognises the significance of the club being community owned. This football club is owned by thousands of people. I know there's a few people run the club up here. They have them voted in or
1: whatever way they do that, but. It's owned by the community up here. And it is their club, you know, kind of. And I take great pride in that. I'm representing now 2,000 people. And I really don't want anybody to not put in a shift and not put in an effort and not make do your absolute utmost best for these people. They pay our salaries, they pay our wages. This is their club. We should be honored to come in here and play for them uh, and make sure we do and give ourselves a chance of winning because it is all about winning. It's about having memories and having a cup finals look back on and look forward to and all that sort of stuff. Because I can tell you, I haven't been there and done that at my age now, I do have the memories that I do have are all the, the main ones, the big pictures, in the kind of way. And this is a big one for us. Uh, it'll be the same every year. Um, and hopefully, you know, if we can make it final this year, it'll be great.
0: Donor, it's good to hear him being, he kind of recognises the significance of, um, of, um, of, of managing a community-owned club.
2: Yeah, I think, um, everyone can see that Liam has really bought into what Rovers are doing here. He's, uh, he's ingrained himself within the community. I think he's, He's happily settled in Sligo at the moment. And you even hear him in the clip there. He actually speaks quite passionately about it. You see, it, you know, it really means something to him. He's he's a, yeah, He's yeah. bought into it big time. It's, it's nice to see from a manager like that. It reminds you of Cookie in that when when he was at the club, you know, he, as the boys alluded to in the interviews as well, he's seen the community as a massive part of the team and, you know, how much it means to them. So it's nice to see Buckley taking along that line as well.
0: Magoo, you're in and around the shoguns um, more than us, obviously. And um, do you get that feeling from um, the players that the manager recognises um, that he that, that team were playing for the people of Sligo or the, the the greater Sligo area?
3: No, well, I said it last. I think it was last week. I said it that he'd really since the minute he came in, he bought he bought into it, and um, he understood what the club meant to the community. But he, and he 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 was blown away by. Uh, how much the community gets behind the club, and how much the community supports the club, and and he understands it's that it's our club. Like he says in that interview, it, it is our club. It's and it's everyone's club. It's not mine or yours or Sean. It's it's the whole town and community's club. It belongs to the town and and the town will basically do anything for us. Mm. Like the town will do anything for us. It. It'll it'll if you asked anyone around here to it's like Rovers going to the wall tomorrow, we need you to knock, and whatever. Every man and his dog will be up at it straight away. You know what I mean? It's whatever needs to be done is done, and that's it. And he yeah. understands that, and he, and he but he buys into it. But he doesn't over. He doesn't play off it like and say, "Oh, we'll we get this, that, and the other." He he understands the constraints that they were all working in, and and that the club is working in. But yeah,
0: listen. I just wanted before I forget that um, that uh, clip was brought to us uh, by Sligo um, Rovers Football Club. Uh, so thanks to them for giving us access to that piece of audio. Okay, listen, lads, um, it's been a packed show. Thanks to Alan Keane. Thanks to Conor Brady. Um, hopefully the next time we speak to you, uh, we're into the semifinals of the Cup. Um, lads, we'll wrap it up. Thanks, uh, Magoo. Here's Conor. Here's Donor. We'll talk to you on Fireside and Derrygate. Thanks
2: very much, Conor. See you.